What's going on, people? This is the Proper Podcast. Terrible news. First of all, Uncle Proper, he cannot be here today. However, he will be here next week. The second bit of terrible news, Shaka Stevenson's out of retirement, oh, boy. Boo. How you doing, son? You good? I'm good, mate. Yes. Two of us today. Feels like we've lost, um, I don't know, what does it feel like we've lost? Third leg? Who's got three legs? <laughs> me, mate. Me. <laughs> You know how oh, I roll, son. You see me in the toilet. Yeah, well, I don't know about that, son. It's, it's long and thin. I'll give you that. But um, oh! <laughs> it's a bit like the rest of your anatomy. But, um, oh, but yeah, no, it's, look, hopefully he's all right. For those that want to, or those who don't know, um, Uncle Proper has got a problem with his shoulder. I don't know if he's if it's his masturbating arm or not. <laughs> all right. I've got no clue. This is the anatomy. This is the anatomy, the anatomy show. Today, he's got an issue with his shoulder. Hopefully it's not his uh, his masturbating arm. So uh, get well soon, mate, and we'll see you again next week. Or we'll see you next week. Let's go straight into it, right? Canelo v Jamal Charlo. Do we have to go there? Yeah, it's not great, is it, mate? I don't know how you've gone from fighting the good brother, by the way, who's Jamal Charlo, who's the, who's the decent fighter, to to fight in the shittier, more defensively-minded brother who's only had three fights in four years. I mean, look, we don't know if it's not been confirmed yet because we're filming this <clears throat> on Tuesday afternoon, so he's going to go live with whatever information it is later on today. Um, but if it is what we think it is, it's, it's his twin brother. Um, I just can't believe that he'd, he'd even consider doing that, especially after the last fight. Just bored everyone to tears. It was horrible. So if it is that, mate, Canelo's got a lot to be lot lot to answer for here. He's got to be called out on this one. He's got to be called out. The thing is this, you're just rewarding bad behaviour. Mm. It's like having a child that, oh, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to do my homework. I'm only gonna do this and like try, you know, when the kids try and bribe you all the time. And then at the end of the year, going, oh no, let's go Disneyland. It's like this guy does not fight. He's been up there, WBC belt which he's held on to God knows how long. You know, I'll tell you his last fights, right? November 2023, Jose Benavidez, right? Then before that, it was June 2021 yeah. against Juan Montiel, which he stunk out of the place in that fight. Then before that, it's 2020, Derev Yanchenko. He's barely fighting once a year. And then before that, it was 2019, Dennis Hogan. But yet, this guy's the man now. He's the man to fight Canelo. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like you're rewarding bad behaviour. The other guy, Jamel Charlo, I get it, like, you know, undisputed, £154, though. He was a lot smaller. But he got in the ring, just got his payday and went for a <clears> run. <throat> I expect nothing from Jamal Charlo. I don't even want to watch it. I won't it. watch it. I'm not about, you know, he's got 33 wins, zero losses. What does that mean? It just means you ain't fought anyone, but yet you get the payday. Bad for boxing, yeah, this but fight. It really John, is. If this is the fight. Do you think there's some element of contractual issue here? Because I can't imagine... Canelo's the biggest cash cow in the sport. Well, one of them anyway. I don't know about now since he's lost his bivol. Probably still is, right? Like, surely he's the master of his own destiny. He calls all the shots. Like, he goes fight by fight. The only thing I can think is they've got him on some sort of contract where they're giving these Charlos the payday. Like, one of them arguably deserved it because he cleaned up his own weight class. But this, this fucker don't deserve 10 pence. He don't deserve anything. Like, he's, he's leaped in front of everybody else for this fight. I thought the news was going to be, go back to Eddie Earn the zone and he'll do the Mungia fight. Sign me up. Cinco de Mayo. 
Mexico, fucking Mexico going wild. That is what we all want to see, right? Especially after Jaime Munguia's last performance. If not that, Benavidez. You know, let's give Mexico what they want. But this is, I'm telling you now, I don't care what time it's on, I will not watch this. I'm certainly not paying for it because you already know what's going to happen. He's going to run around the ring worse than his brother did. He's going to tuck up, move around, and I hope he gets stopped. I hope Canelo stops him. But just going back to my last comment, like, Canelo's got a lot to answer for for this. He, he better come out and tell us that, you know, he was forced into it for one one reason or another. He was forced into it because there's a big asterisk as far as a lot of people concerned with Canelo's resume, right, over the years. A big asterisk. A lot of people think it's quite padded. I mean, I don't think it's padded. There are some decent fights on there. You know, you've got the Golovkin. Nah, you've got the Golovkin fights. That Jack, about, well, a lot of people say just cherry-picked his 168 belts. A lot of people chat shit. Yeah, but listen, let me, you know, Danny Jacobs, Golovkin fights. You um, obviously got the Bivol fight. You know, dared to be great, went up. There was no rehydration clauses in that fight. Challenged the champion, you know, a prime champion, and he lost. And, you know, that's what happens. <laughs> you take 50-50 fights, you're going to lose some of them from time to time, which Ryan Garcia is going to find out soon enough. I know we're going to come to him soon. If he goes and fights Charlo, then Munguia and Benavidez, you have to fight each other. Benavidez has already called out Munguia, right? Straight after the, the fight with John Ryder. So, guys, if you want the Canelo payday, go and duke it out. Go and fight each other. Because the winner out of you two is undeniable. It has to be the next fight for Canelo. It literally has to retire. If Munguia and Benavidez fight each other, the winner of that fight will make Canelo fight him. Or it has to retire. Can't go and fight Terence Crawford or anything like that. People won't, won't have it. They will not have it. So... I'm like this with it now. Canelo, for me, for what he's done in the sport, the fighters that he's fought, I think his resume's pucker, in my personal opinion. I just think he's allowed to do this towards the end of his career, all right? But if you're going to do this, this is the whole Mayweather. You're sort of cashing out towards the end of your career. I'm on board. You're a great fighter, great servant, but you ain't the guy at super middleweight. Benavidez is, Munguia is. You're now on the downward and let's all just let you go down that way. I'm not interested. You're not a super fighter no more. That, that, that. You're out of the pound for really? pound. Everything Ooh. over. In my, yeah, it's, you're done. You're done. Hell because of you're a not statement, fighting son. the top guys. You're not top, fighting the top guys in your weight division. If you're going and fighting Jamel Charlo, bringing him up from 154, then you're fighting his silly brother, who ain't had to fight what, less than Santa Claus works, then what? Then You've got to fight the top guys. The top guys, David Benavides is there. And Mungia, let's get me right, Mungia's uh, uh, resume ain't exactly stacked, but it's like, come on, mm. Benavides, he's there, bruv. Because now the onus is on Benavides. you got to step up and have another big fight now to make it even, put even more demands on Canelo that he's got to fight you. So who do you go and fight? And who even wants to fight Benavides? I guarantee you Mungia ain't going to want to fight him. Who wants to fight that monster? Yeah, none of us. And I think Benavides will fight anybody. I really none do. None of us have still mentioned David Morrell Jr. in all of this. Which is crazy. He just ain't had enough fights. Crazy, he's he? yeah, <laughs> quality though, isn't no it? No one talks about him. Uh, let me ask you this, then, right? Just right, one word answer. Does who who wins out of Canelo and Terence Crawford if that fight's made next? Canelo puts him to oh, sleep. Come on, opinion. you don't believe do. that. You've got a bee in your size, bonnet size about matters, fucking Terence Crawford, mate. One four seven to one six eight. Oh, what so if size matters, that means you think Conor Ben beats Javante Davis, then. <laughs> We're gonna move on to that where that's the next that's oh, the who next, wins uh, topic, who wins out of Mungia and Benavides? I think Benavides wins. I really do. There's enough gaps and Mungia gets hit, and I just think Benavides, the way he just walked through Andrade yeah. and just smashed him to smithereens, yeah, he man. Did, he? He's a serious him. dude. 
He battered him, man. Yeah, mate. Fucking hell. Connor Ben. Okay, so Connor Ben. It seems like this Javante Davis fight has arms and mm. legs, and this is growing. This fight, right? So Connor Ben, in his last interview, he, he said he's come out of a couple of one-liners, just being short this drug thing out, man, so everyone can get behind the build-up of these fights, right? Come out of a few good. Uh, uh, he goes, shut up, you, you little, you little mug. Stay in your house with your little tag on yourself and stop calling out my name. Uh, and he goes, Errol Spence is piping up. He goes, but I offer these guys the fights. He goes, they've offered Javante Davis 10 to 15 million pounds for the fight. He goes, if you don't want that money, then shut up and don't call my name. But when you hear these numbers, and Eddie Hearn saying he made this massive uh, uh, offer towards Javante Davis, when you hear these numbers, now you realise why they've gone through thick and thin. Yeah, mate. With, they've stood with Conor Ben. If you can be offering another man 10 to 15 million pounds to fight Conor Ben, it shows you the reach. Mm. It shows you the power that Conor Ben has. But I've got to admit, I don't like the fight. What do you oh. think? Listen, I'm assuming that 10 to 15 million is probably going to be a fixed fee, right? They see the numbers he does. Every time Conor Ben farts on fucking social media, it gets about 50,000 likes. So they're not stupid. All the powers that be over there, PBC or your Al Heymans and whoever else you know, managing these fighters... They um they know, and that's why they're calling him out. Like, look, I, I'm a Conor Ben fan. Like, aside from all the other stuff, I was a fan before. Still a fan of his fighting style. I feel like he needs a signature win before he starts getting in there with all the elite of any divisions. Really, any, any sort of divisions slightly below or above him, he needs another big win. And you know, the Dobson fight showed everybody that. Right, so I'm not sure you want to be going from Peter Dobson to one of these guys, even if even if Davis. <laughs> Javante Davis, Tank, one of my favourite fighters on the planet, even if he goes up to 147, you'd have to make Tank the favourite, wouldn't you? Just based on recent performances. But look, this is the reach he's got. If they, you know, that's a big pay-per-view fight. As much as people go, I ain't paying for that, you would pay for it. If you got Tank over here and you filled out, I don't know, one of the football stadiums over here, that's going on pay-per-view with a bit of an undercard. And that's how they make their money. Tank full of knockout, stick everything, however much Paddy Power, bet 365, whatever they let you put your maximum bet at, stick that on Tank knocking nah, Conor Ben out. No. That's the only result in that fight. It's the only result in that I fight. Uh, look, Tank is on the Going up level, to 147. Again, your brain goes there, doesn't it? It's like, what's Conor Ben done? How, how, does, he, how does he fight someone with that? the abilities of a tank or an Errol Spence, you know, defensively, the, the you know, the, the, you know, the setting of the traps and all that, that's all elite stuff. He's not been in there with anyone like that. So how does he avoid the haymaker? I know what you mean, but it's just where, but this, yeah, it's where a tank can go up to one, four, seven and do anything against anybody. Fucking Jesus. Does his power Jesus hold up? Started as a say, fucking like... Way down, way down there, didn't he? The fucking featherweights and super bantams. Like, let's be real. If, Tank kept off the pies. He could probably make. Well, he's definitely, definitely, he's a lightweight, isn't he? Like he's a lightweight, but he could probably make super featherweight. He's a tank, isn't he? He's quite bulky, but um, I, I think he's ring IQ. He's he's feet. The way he just keeps himself small, keeps underneath that jab, and the way he sets traps and then just his explosive power. I think he just he just walks Conor Ben on the side and puts him out. I mean, the question mark is: Does his power carry? Could Conor Ben hold one of those punches? And if he detonates something on. Javante Davis, which will be very, very difficult because he don't, he don't see him getting his head rocked back and getting hit a lot. It's very hard to yeah, hit. Mate. Obviously, he's got all he's that. He's elite, back John. From like, he's as elite as they come, yeah. pound for pound. A cherry, a, 
a bit of a cherry picking elite fighter, but he's elite nonetheless. Yeah, done a number on your boy, got Ryan Garcia though, didn't he? Fucking battered him. Anyway, look, even if that wait, <laughs> God, God, I know you want to respond, God. No, we, we're going to talk about Haney and uh, Garcia in a bit because that, that's, uh, yeah, Listen, that fight's been announced. But... If this fight goes ahead, they're talking about going ahead in the UK. Now, there's some images circulating with Robert Smith. So then there you go. So we're going to we're gonna find out in the next week or two, I think, I'm assuming, what's happening. And uh, and once he's cleared, I just hope we can all fucking wipe our mouth and move on. So boring. I'm bored talking about eggs. Fucking eggs, eggs, eggs. Just fucking get on with it and just, you know, either you're clear People or you're not. People will move on from it. I just say, like, no one really talks about Tyson Fury, the Nandrolo and the Wild Boar. I mean, Canelo, like, all of this stuff on social media at the moment about he's doing this big announcement. I mean, the whole Mexican beef and all the, the, the steak uh, emojis, you ain't really seeing them underneath the post no more. So people do move on from all this sort so, of but, stuff. So, but you um, then, personally, because I know you've had a bit more of a bee in your bonnet about this than I have. If, 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 for example, argument's sake, it's a backdated ban, right? Strict liability. Yeah, strict yeah. liability, backdated ban, you surge your ban, now you get your license back. Is that enough yeah. to for everyone to just move yeah. on? It's enough for me, I'll move on, and I'll, and I'll look at it like this. The sport of boxing is so corrupt, I completely understand why young fighters get led down a path and they do drugs. When you see fighters at the top of the game, like Tyson Fury and Canelo, who are earning all the millions, getting all the accolades. And if someone gets in a young fighter's ear hole and says, listen, you take a bit of this, this is everyone's doing it, then you can get to that level and you can earn that money. I get why they do it and they go down that path. I don't agree with it. I wouldn't do it personally. But I, be, I believe that, you know, if someone goes to prison for doing something, that ain't the end of them. You can be rehabilitated, you can come out, and then you can move forward in your life. I'm a believer hmm. in that. So... I just, if there's strict liability and he's got done from it, but the thing is, he's not admitting taking it, but none of them are. So, but at least get done for strict liability and then move forward. And then at least, I'd just like to know why you failed the test. That's all I want to know. Just why, what was it on the jurisdiction? How did you get off on it? I just Never wanted to know. know. I think that should be in the public domain. No one's ever going to know. That Listen, mate, there's always, one athlete in my history that I remember that admitted what he did. That was Dwayne Chambers, the sprinter. Do you remember that? Right? Yeah, he yeah. admitted it. Oh, yeah, and he yeah, got yeah. two years. Because he admitted it, no fucker would talk to him again. Even when he came back, tried to resume Ooh. his career, mm. everyone was like, Darren Campbell, there was another sprint, I can't remember all their names, going, we ain't, we ain't running with him. He's a fucking drug cheat. Yeah. He's admitted it. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, what, what comes from admitting this? Nothing. Even if yeah. you serve your ban, yeah. everyone's going to point their finger. But if there's an element of doubt, then I think people move on. It's fucking nuts when you think about it, isn't it? It's fucking that's nuts. Like, you know... Uh, Eddie Murphy, the stand-up, delirious. Wife thought it catches you. I see you coming out of that girl's house. Wasn't, wasn't me. me. I see you coming out of the... Wasn't me. It's like, as soon as you admit it, fucking that is it, mate. You're toast for the rest of your life. There's got to be reason. I know. Do you know what I know, I, mean? I know. But, um, I don't know. I, you might mate, know. <laughs> mate, that's why I'm single. Um, <laughs> I don't be need to, needing to get into all them type of situations. All right, listen, well. let me say this about Conor Ben, because he said something that I thought was quite significant. He goes, look, he goes, about all these fighters, your Errol Spence, he goes, we tried to make that fight. He don't want to know. Tank don't want to know. Barrios don't want to know. He goes, but um, he goes, all the big names are over here in America. That's why I'm over there. Whatever, I'll read into that what you must. He goes, in the UK, there's only three big fights for me. Eubank, Brooke and Smith. And they're all past it anyway. So I just thought to myself, who else in the UK? Because I feel like what you just said a moment ago, 
he needs to be in a big, significant mm. fight now, Conor Ben. Like, everyone's done with your Dobsons and your Orokovs and all of this, as you say, uh, Vargas, who'd been knocked out four times, whatever. We're all done with yeah, these mate. fights. If you're this guy saying you're going to smash everyone's head in and all that, give us some receipts. Let the people that say you're this guy with you, right, hang their hat on something, right? Now, I'm looking in the UK, and I think to myself, I know someone who'll give you a really good fight. That's Josh Kelly, right? But then I'm looking at Josh Kelly and I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck are you doing, bruv? Since the Avenician fight, he's had five fights. What is going on over there? Like, what are you doing? Like, if you're with Wasserman, Wasserman, could you get Josh Kelly in with Eubank Jr.? I don't think Eubank Jr. wants any of that. But someone's got to back Josh Kelly or he's got to take a 10% of a pot and just throw the dice and go and fight someone. I know, like, he's number one in the WBO. Tim Zhu's the world champion, right, in the WBO, yeah. but Tim Zhu's going to go and fight. He's going to go and fight Furman, right? But then Josh Kelly's also number four in the IBF. You've got fighters in that weight division. Eric Erickson Lubin, obviously Virgil Ortiz, um, Murat Zaliev, whatever. He's a, he's a serious dude. Oh, he's fighting Jack Cully, isn't he? Jack Colke. So there's fights there, but like, what do those fights do for Josh Kelly? And they're fraught with danger. He needs to have a significant fight so, once he has that significant fight, Conor Ben can't say there's no one in the UK. But at the moment, he can <clears> sort <throat> of say that about Josh Kelly. Because what have you done for us lately, Josh Kelly? Apart from being a load of fights after the Avenician fight, where we pretty much knew he was going to win those fights. So, I'm interested to see Josh Kelly's next move. It needs to be something significant. Because I think Conor Ben fighting Josh Kelly tells us everything we need to know about Conor Ben, where you are domestic, European, world level. Where exactly are you, brother? And there's a big fight in the UK if none of these Yanks want to fight you. So I don't want to see a Vargas and Oroskov and a Dobson again. Fuck that. No, he, needs, he needs a fight with Jeopardy. Someone who's going to ping his head back. Do you know what I mean? He's not had that. Yeah. He's not had that for a while. And um, listen, one thing I will say is I don't know if the Josh Kelly fight is as big as it once was. He's, as you say, he's been over there doing, doing things on the quiet. Really, no one's really tuning into the fights. They're on Channel 5 and all that. And it's a shame, really, because he's such a good fighter. I mean, the Troy Williamson fight, I was a hype for that. But since then, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, it's all fucking fizzling away over there. So, they're, look, they're in this for the big numbers now. Eddie Hearn, Conor Ben. They don't give a fuck about world titles for now. And I suppose, when you look at it, spent a lot of money on his legal case, uh, his legal team in the last fucking couple of years. He probably wants to replenish the bank account. Just going for the big money. I don't think the Javante Davis fight happens. I think if anything, you're going to wheel out a Kelbrook or Liam Smith might take the fight, 154 pounds. Um, yeah. But it's got to be someone that's going to ping him back. All right. So should we move on to Devin Haney v Ryan Garcia? And here's a fight. Here's a fight for you. And to all your Haney haters out there and to all your Garcia haters out there, you know what? Big up to the pair of them. I think they're taking the fights. They're going in there and having these fights. And the thing is, is that it doesn't matter who loses out of this fight. If these guys keep fighting each other, then they're always going to be in big fights. And it doesn't matter if you've got losses on your record. Unlike Tank. I was thinking about <clears> Tank right the other day when I was thinking, is, is he going to fight Conor Ben? I was thinking to myself... Where's the Lomachenko fight? Where's the Shaka Stevenson fight? Where's the Tiafimo Lopez fight? Where's the Devin Haney fight? Josh Taylor, Sabril Matisse. Don't see Tank calling any of those guys out. He loves a little cherry pick Tank. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes and fights Conor Ben. But over to Devin Haney, you can't argue with this guy. 
like as you say, he's gone in there, he fought uh, Lomachenko. Now he's having the Brian Garcia fight. I think he's he's having these fights. He obviously went over to the other side of the street, had the Cambosis fights, won those fights. I genuinely think Devin Haney is trying, is going for greatness and he's trying to have all these fights. And I think Brian Garcia, he wants to test himself and he wants to get in there against the best. As for who wins, who do you think wins the fight? Let's go have a little early prediction on it. Look, mate, before I start going down that road, I'll echo everything you said. Fucking love these two. I love them, mate. This is what boxing's about. And Devin Haney, and I've given him shit in the past, right? I have. And I'm slowly turning around with Devin Haney. I know he doesn't... Oh, listen, hold on. He does, hold on. Is this, is, is this a flip-flop? It's not flop? a flip-flop because I've always thought he was mustard. You, say, you seem to think you don't no, do flip-flops. No, I don't do flip-flops, flip So flops, is this mate. not a flip-flop? You're lucky I don't call you out so about you're not, that. A, you're not a Devin Haney. You're not a Haney Not really. No, no, I never was. I just get some my tits. Not really. <laughs> you're lucky I don't call you out about what happened midweek, son. I think I'll leave that in my holster. Go on. Go on. Go on. Go you, that's all right. Oh, about, about, about the Usyk Fury thing. Oh, fucking put your receipts no, no, there, no, bro. I, I don't even think I was that's in the That's a rainy there. day job, that one. <laughs> you know what? That's what my wife does to me. I do some shit, man. She just puts puts that in the pocket, right in the man. Pocket, puts that mate, in, the in the holster, ready for another day. But um, listen, both men, big up to both of these fellas. Do you know what I mean? And Ryan Garcia, especially, like, look, in terms of taking this fight, the, the fear of a knockout isn't as great in this fight as there was in the Tank fight. Right? Tank can clean you out of one shot. Devin Haney ain't really like that. So that's probably was the thought process for taking the fight. Do I think he wins the fight, Ryan Garcia? Absolutely not. I think he gets his head boxed off in this fight, in my, my opinion. Although you're shaking your head now. You, I'd love for you to pick Garcia in this fight. Just fucking do it, son. Do it. But um, like, like Devin Haney, I've given him shit in the past. He still does a few things that get on my tits. Uh, but maybe now with all the you know straps around his waist, maybe he's got more of a a right to now start posting these fucking diamonds and that on Instagram and these big baggy jeans and you know fucking pictures from the side. And, sore, and it's mate. just all a bit. It's a bit sore. But he's a young man. He's young though. Yeah, isn't he's he? a young man. He's rich. He's at the top of his game. So. Have you ever wore skinny jeans? Yeah, uh, yeah. Be honest. I wasn't honest, like you used to wear them like leggings. I've seen you, mate. I <laughs> could see your fucking nutsack in it. You used to wear yours, mate. I love the Kings of Leon, mate. You go and fucking go to Kings of Leon concert. About I'd skinny go. Jeans, I'd go with the slim the pair, but not the skinny, skinny pair. You know, fucking. You once don't lie because you've worn yeah, skinny but not jeans. Skin, I've seen skin, skin there's, jeans. there's levels to it, isn't there? But yeah, I don't think I've you worn, worn skin, ones that look like fucking yoga pants, mate. I've seen it. No, shut up, you <laughs> egg. No, I've, um, mate, but what I'm trying to say to you, trends in it, different cultures. In America, that seems to be the in thing. I ain't seen no one in the UK. No, the baggy like, thing's no, coming back man. around, mate. It's, you know, what, right yeah, here? When we was, mate, if oh, you I see pictures of us going on holiday years ago, baggy shirts, baggy jeans, it weren't no skin tight, nothing back then. People mocking, rocking monobrows. No one liked to chop the middle of their brows out, man. I had a fucking monobrow back then when I was about 19. <laughs> You know what I mean? There was no yeah. manscaping. One man now, was a mate. man. But um, yeah. But these days, yeah. But you know what? As uh, uh, our mate Chris, when he's going, goes, fucking these youngsters nowadays, he goes, when they go out, he goes, all the girls, man, all the clothes that they've got, it's all like designed to fit like the shape of the woman. And that goes, when I went out raving, girls were wearing fucking champion tracksuits. <laughs> <laughs> fucking naff, naff uh, yeah, tracksuits. Yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I don't know how we digress there. How the fuck did we go there? Knows. 
Anyway, you can't. I'm going Sands that because he's wearing baggy trousers. You can't hold him against him. It's trends. It's nah, listen, it's, 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 it's the way he wants to carry himself. As I say, the more he takes these big fights, the more he gets the right. Bit like Floyd yeah. Mayweather could do what he wants, and um, you got to say his resume for a man of his age. It's fucking. It's epic. Haney's is probably the best out there now, and he made he I'm made progray. Looked like there was no business. He had no business in there. Before that fight, let's have it right. Everyone could be an aftertimer. Progray was the best 140 pounder on the planet, as far as a lot of people was concerned. Nah, like, come on, he was. He was a decent 140 pounder. Weren't was... I? Know what? Because people were just moving up. Your Lopez yeah. and all that. Was so just he was up there up, established, and um, he had the WBC belt. And if you asked a lot of people, they they would have picked Progray. I, I thought he was up there, top two or three. And I remember when we did a show with Lewis Hart, big up Lewis Hart Boxing Social. You and him picked Tiafimo Lopez as your top 140 pound. I'm coming to that in a minute, by the way. <laughs> uh, you were like my fucking wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's aged like, like, age like salmon, like, that is. Fucking do you hell. Like, do you like write little notes nah, down when I speak? It's all up there, son. Fucking take the knowledge, innit? We've done a London yeah. knowledge, mate. Plenty, my of, fucking, plenty of room up there, My mate. hippocampus is fucking, fucking enormous. Um, um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, no, his record, yeah, mate, listen, Linares, uh, D, uh, Jojo Diaz, Cambosas, uh, Lamachenko, Progray, then the Ryan Garcia fight. I said it, Chad, he's daring to be mm. great. And as you say, if he loses, so what? But let me, I, I think, like... He ain't losing, John. Ryan Garcia, can't though, give Garcia I think a lot of people... chance in this, can you? You can give Garcia a chance in this? I, of course I can. Of course you can give him a chance. I think people are sleeping on Ryan Garcia, I really do. I really think people are sleeping on him. People are saying about the size, I think they're going to be more or less the same size on the night, people think Haney's going to uh, blow up more than uh, Ryan Garcia. But, like, Ryan Garcia, he is electric. He is fast. There's not many, like, who's got faster hands, Garcia or Haney? Can't hit what you can't you think see, Haney's got faster hands? can't hit what you can't see. Mate, Lomachenko hit him plenty. Don't, Lomachenko don't compare Ryan Garcia Pogue, to fucking Lomachenko. I'm just saying, you said you can't hit what you can't see. Lomachenko could see him. Found That's him Lomachenko. Him, right? Arguably won the fight. Ugly one to fight. What I'm saying about Garcia is this, right? If I had to put money, I wouldn't put a lot of money on it, put it like that. I wouldn't put a lot of money on it. But Ryan Garcia, right? He's got a new trainer now. Like, I like his link up with Derek James. I feel like when he fought the tank, he got in that ring and it was all emotions. Like we were saying about Conor Ben the other day, it was all emotion. He was going in there. He tried to bully him. He tried to use his size, power, and he put it on Tank. Tank didn't clean him out straight away. He got to he hit Tank. He had him up against the ropes and all that. I know Tank does what Tank does. He plays a bit of possum. You know, he keeps tight, small, and then he just explodes. And he got him out of there. I think in terms of dropping Garcia, I feel like that liver shot, right? Anyone knows anything about boxing? You get hit in the liver, right? He dropped him. If he would have just rolled around on the floor... End of story. No one's calling him a quitter. It'd have been, ah, oh, it's just one of those shots. You get caught in the liver. You get caught like a body shot. Drops you. You can't get up within 10 seconds. That's you done. However, because he got to his knee and, you know, the pretty boy, Ryan Garcia, he sort of looked up at the ref. It was like, oh, he quit. Did he quit? But he was there. He was in the fight. Yeah, well, yeah, officially, I suppose. No, if you, John, if you said, could he got up on nine and fought on? Probably. But if so he's he quit. done, he can't breathe. Yeah, but yeah, I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> Don't matter though, does it, if he did? But what I'm saying... What I'm Go saying... On. What I'm saying is this, is that in the ring against Haney, he is going to be as fast as Haney. 
And in the amateurs, they're free all. He can box I Garcia. I just think he gets a bit too emotional. He does go back in straight lines with his chin up. He does fight a little bit tall at times, which he's going to need to sort out with Derek James. But I feel that Haney, I don't know. Does Haney need to make a statement? Is he going to just go in there and try and outbox Garcia? Because if Garcia slips something, gets in, and he catches Haney, we've seen him get wobbled by Linares. I see him get his head rocked back against Lomachenko. Trust me. Garcia hits a lot harder than them two. So don't be surprised to see Haney cleaned Cole. out across the canvas. Yeah. Could happen. Could yeah. happen. I don't know. I can't see it, mate. You know, I mean, Ryan Garcia can hit, but he, as I say, you can't hit what you can't see. And I think this has got, honestly, get your money out and put it on Haney on points in this fight. You're just mm. going to, you're just going to frustrate him. And look, big up Ryan Garcia for taking the fight. Cause we're sitting here talking about it. And as soon as they do the press conference, all up in each other's grill, They've already done a little face-off when they're pushing each other and all that. It's already selling the fight. Big pay-per-view events. So big up Brian Garcia, but I don't know if I would have taken this fight. Maybe the opportunity arose, got a chance to you know fight for some world titles. And then that's what it is. You can't turn it down. When it's there, you can't turn it down. So let that be a lesson to a lot of other fighters that get offered the fucking opportunity of a world title and don't take it and go another route i.e. Joshua Boatze, but we're going to come to Anthony Yard and all that in a minute. But um, the fight itself, I think, will be exciting because Ryan Garcia's in it. I think if Haney fought someone like Tank, I'm not sure I'd want to fucking watch that. I think that would be a bit of a snooze fest, you know, just all waiting for the perfect shot. But um, Ryan Garcia will bring it. I just don't think he's got the skill set. I just don't think he has. I think he's a bit overhyped, John. Dare I say it? I don't really think so. I don't think so. I think he's battered everyone. He's knocked most people out and he's just come up short against um, Tank, who's, as I say, it's a pound for pound elite. I think he was a bit too emotional that that, that night. And uh, he was in the fight. What was it? The seventh round, eighth round? What, like in the first three rounds. And I just think, you know, you get hit like that in the liver, you don't get up. That could have gone to points. You might be saying a different story, I think, in that fight. I think I think he'll be in the fight in this fight. He could win it. If it goes to points, I want to see him in there against all of these top guys that I mentioned earlier. Loma, Stevenson, Lopez, Caney, Josh Tate, Matisse. They've all got to fight each other. And Ryan Garcia is showing me he's the type of guy that wants to fight all these guys. So big up. I'm big but also, we went mention one thing in defence of Ryan Garcia. Tank drained him for that fight. Rehydration clause. Oh, yeah. That's a so very that's important, important point. point. Yeah. That's not going to happen this time. It's going to be a proper camp. Come in there full, fully, you know, full fucking, all your beans intact. Don't know why, what I said there. <laughs> 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 yeah, so yeah, come in there full strength and see what you can do. But yeah. All right, chaps, this is the part of the show, the what the fuck is going on moment. Mick, take us away, son. I'm not being funny. What the fuck is going on? Right. Thank you, Mick. We are back. My moment, my Mick Hennessy moment of this week literally appeared on my computer. I was just doing a bit of research before we did this. Appeared on my computer two hours ago, right? And I was just looking at it. I was thinking, this has got to go in because I had something else in. So I've gone on the Sky Sports website, Sky Sports Boxing, and I've seen an article by Ben Shalom, Johnny B's favourite person on the planet. I'm sure they're going to exchange Christmas cards this year. And I noticed, it said, Lawrence Acoli eyes, eyes a move up in weight as he plots a world championship comeback. I'm like, fucking hell. Well, that means he's not going to take the rematch. Okay, so what's he going to do? Is he going up to heavyweight? Yes, this could be the resurgence of Lawrence Acoli. So I go down to the next paragraph. 
Former WBO cruiserweight champion Lawrence Okolia will return, aiming to reclaim a world world title in the new bridgeweight category. <laughs> Reveals boxer <laughs> promoter Ben Shalom. Oh mate. It's so oh, no, fucking it's like, annoying, what isn't it? What the fuck was that? Is that about? Like, why would oh, you even guide days, him down man. that road? He's just going to get pelters now. Absolute pelters. You know, he's six foot five, Lawrence Acoli. Good fighter. I honestly thought when I was reading it, he's going to go up to heavyweight and see what he can do. Start letting his hands go because he hits hard. And I don't mind him in mm. press conferences. I think he seems like an half decent bloke, but this is going to ruin him, mate. People are going to be out with their knives now ready to just pounce on Lawrence Acoli when he gets in there with fucking, was it Riziki or fucking Alan Babich or whoever? Do you know what I mean? Who's but even in no there? There's no one even in that weight. There's no one even in that weight division. But I mean, this is the thing with uh, Jaya Patea. Would he go there to, to, to grab nah. that in, in a money fight? That, but I mean, he's going up to heavyweight to fight fucking Zhang, mate, that, that lunatic, I'm telling you. Yeah, he don't care. Yeah. He ain't gonna go fight Bridget Wake. Maybe he does. I don't know. But Lawrence Acoli's just now for me. That is the wrong move. If anything, you have got a rematch clause. You wait for the Billum Smith Reactor fight to play out, and then you fight the winner. You, you put it all on the line. You know, this time don't hold as much. You know, start from letting your hands go. You never know. You're a big, heavy hitting fucking cruiserweight. It was starching people when you was with Shane McGuigan. Now what? Now you're gonna go fucking run away like a fucking, you know, I don't even want to say it because it sounds disrespectful, but just run away up to Br- Bridgeweight when there's no one there. Madness. Absolute stupid. What is he doing with his career? It just, like, at the end of the day, he's very unmarketable unless he's got a world title. Like, I, I don't mind Lawrence O'Coley. I really I don't. Like, you know, I know a lot of people give him a bit of stick, you know, comes across a little bit moody and that, but I think he's all right. Whenever I see him in an interview... I feel like you ask him a question, I feel like you're getting quite a truthful answer from him. And when he lost to Chris Billiam Smith, I love the way he just took that like a man. Just said, no, you deserve it. He put his hand up. I love that about him. But, um, like, I mean, what I don't love about him is his style. I, you know, I hate to watch him, I'll be honest with you. But, yeah, going up there, what is it to get him a world title? So he's a little bit more marketable. So then on Sky Sports, you know, the face of boxing, he's the, you know, the world title holder in the bridge weights. So all the casuals they don't really know what's going on, would they? But, Oh, I don't know. Fucking, that is a real good motherfucker. <laughs> going on, like mate. Really honestly, is. like the move for him has got to be take the rematch. I mean, look, Billum Smith loses anyway, so probably no rematch there to be taken, um, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, do you know what's going on, don't Go you? Oh God, I've just realised what it what, is. Paul's going to go up there. And oh, all. it's just, it's just fuckery, isn't it? It's Jai Opataya is going to act like he's going to have whatever, he's going to come out looking for the belts if he deals with um, Marius Breedis, then all of a sudden, that cruiserweight division, there's going to be a few twitchy arseholes there. So if Cody goes up there and grabs a belt, if Chris Billiam Smith or React Paul wins, they ain't got to be forced to go and fight Jai Patel. Oh yeah, we've got there, we'll fight you for that title. It's all a way of manoeuvring to duck out the way of Jai Patel. It's got to be, man. Has to be. Do you know what? I was going to save this to later, but I've got to say it now. John at Legit Jibbo he asked us a question, oh, saying, do you think Ben Shalom will let Chris Billiam Smith fight Jai Opatau, or do you think they will let him sit out until Jai Opatau moves up? John, I was going to do this at the end of the show, bruv, because you put this out on Twitter, but we've literally answered it there for you, bruv. We've See? answered it there for you, bruv. Guys, I've just got to throw it in now. I might as well. We spoke to Uncle Proper. We're going to try and do a little section of this show, like just like five or ten minutes, where 
If you've got any questions you want to put to us, if you want us to discuss anything, no matter how random, right, anything goes, we'll talk about it. Plus, if you like, we get messages just about stuff that we say on the show and that. We're going to read a few of them out. So like, that was a message that John put out there. So obviously I've read it out now. We've literally just answered mm. it there. We've got another uh, something that someone sent us. I'm going to uh, read it out at the end of the nice. show, basically. But yeah, guys, I'll use this moment. If there's any questions you want us to discuss anything, Go to our Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, the proper podcast. DM us or put it on our feed and, uh, yeah, we'll respond in the podcast. Okay, my what the fuck is going on moment was Chris Eubank Sr., right? Now, I don't really like to do this because I'm not 100% sure he's got all his faculties intact, to be honest with you. But, like, when he started speaking to Coogan on IFL, he said about the Fury v Usyk fight. He goes, like, what do you think? And he goes, ah, he goes, oh, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. He goes, you know, this is why Lennox Lewis is not interested. This is why, oh, I can't remember, Andre Ward is not interested. He goes, the caliber is so low. It's not just about personalities in this fight. You know, you're like, what the fuck are you going on about? The caliber is so low. Like, the per- like, I get what you're saying about Tyson Fury is in, like, whatever, the personality messing everyone about. But, Usyk is a better fighter than Chris Eubank Jr. has ever been. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. All the warrior code and all that. You could pick a lot of things in Chris Eubank uh, Sr. I know he's a warrior. Everyone loves Chris Eubank Sr. But I'm thinking, like, what are you talking about, man? Usyk would have been great in any fucking era since the <laughs> day of boxing started, mate. He would have been great any, you know, even back in the day when they're fucking more or less bare knuckle taking the shit out of their gloves. He would have been great back then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, no, I'm not having think- that. The thing is with Chris Eubank Sr., right, you see all these, like, he's entertaining. Like, I always liked watching Chris uh, Eubank Sr., like, listening to his interviews and that. But I get to a point with a fighter, and I'm at this point with Tyson Fury, where if you keep speaking in riddles and I can't stick my stake in the ground and think, oh, yeah, I get what you're saying there, that's truthful. Even if I don't agree with you, i just got to know that the man that I'm listening to is telling me he's truth. But when you start hearing statements like that, I'm like, I don't now know if I can trust anything you're saying to me. Like, what the fuck are you going on mm. about? Like, what are you going about? Then I started thinking to myself with the whole Chris Eubank Jr. And the fact that he's trying to land, or he was trying to land at the Conor Ben fight. Obviously, we're talking, the figures we we're talking earlier, 10 to 15 million, right? And then you sort of usurp that. Now, all of a sudden, you're with Harlem Eubank. You're saying, like, this is my surrogate son. And now you're saying the fight with Chris Eubank Jr. is never going to happen because I'm involved. I know people at the British Boxing Board of Control. This is the fight for Conor Ben. But you know, like, I'll ask you this now to you. Who's in the right? Who's in the wrong with that situation? Because to me, I feel that Chris Eubank Sr., your ego, which is humongous, one of the biggest egos I've ever seen, full stop, is been dented the fact that junior didn't want you as part of his setup so now you're just like well fuck that i've lost out on x amount of money plus i've lost out on my ego being rubbed by everybody by being involved in it so i'm then thinking i'm just going to go with um whatever i'm a new surrogate son so is that out of order on chris eubank seniors like throwing his son under the the, the bus as well on talk sports simon jordan saying he is a charlatan right he, or he agreed he agreed didn't he when he was called a charlatan what is that the behaviour you do about your son? Or do you think Chris Eubank Jr. is in the wrong? He should still have Chris Eubank Sr. involved. I mean, look, it's a very complex issue, isn't it? That whole, the Eubanks, especially with the loss of, you know, Sebastian. 
you'd think that when something tragic like that happens, you'd bring everyone closer together. It seems to have done the opposite with those with those two, which is uh, it's horrible to see because I've got a son and I have murders with him sometimes. We always kiss and make up. Look, there are facts here that are facts, right? Chris Eubank Jr.'s career would, wouldn't have gone the way it did if it senior weren't behind him, boosted him, boosted him up, giving him the numbers. That's a fact. If Chris Eubank Jr. just come to this game on his own and thought, you know what, Dad, I'm doing it on my own, he wouldn't have made that money, right? So should we say that? What what do you know? What helped Chris Eubank Jr. was he appeared on Ringside, which they don't do anymore, do they? In Sky Sports. And uh, and Chris Eubank Senior said, "My son wreck wreck Triple G wreck Triple G." And also that was when I think Fox was sparring was fighting Groves, and then that sparring footage come out of uh, Chris Eubank Junior giving uh, what four to mm. Carl Fox. I thought that bigged him up, didn't he, at the beginning? But it's a yeah, shame though with, with Chris Eubank because performance against Liam Smith was excellent. Worked really nicely behind the jab. It's the best Chris Eubank yeah, I've but seen. What, who, what, that, that, come on. Liam Smith had you got come one on, leg. You, yeah, you was, you was high on Liam Smith. we all been high on Liam Smith. That The way he made that look. And I know Liam Smith had to lose all the weight quickly and all that. And he weren't the fucking Liam Smith of the fight before. Blah, blah, blah. But he just dismantled him and stopped him in impressive fashion. It weren't even... It weren't that he was just, you know, outworking him. He outboxed him in that whole fight. Yeah. Outboxed him. But I watched that when... Yeah, but when when you watch that fight again, I was out my nut watching that fight. I was so drunk. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But when I watched it sober, the output from Liam Smith, he was, wasn't mm. throwing any punches. I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, but this is what Eubank does. He is a bit of a charlatan. It's like even like the Liam Williams fight. We're going to move on to later about Hamza Shiraz, you know, rattling him with a jab. And then we see what Chris Eubank Jr. did with him, uh, with his jabs or whatnot. So I just think that he seems to pick the right fighters at the right yeah. time. Your James, the gals, all coming to the end. Uh, uh, Arthur Abraham, George Groves didn't really work there. It's bullshit. It's all a bullshit hype. But he's so used to making a certain amount in fights, purely because of the name his dad gave him. And let's just have that right, mate. Like That's that's a reason why Harlem Eubank's done nothing, even though that's not his son. Still a Eubank. And now all of a sudden, everyone's talking about Harlem Eubank a little bit more than they ever were. Because Chris Eubank's in the background. So Chris Eubanks Jr. is so used to making whatever, million, two million, bare minimum for his fights. He ain't fighting Hamza Shiraz. What, all that fucking threat, danger, big, tall geezer that jab your head off. So it's a shame because he had a lot of juice behind him after the Liam Smith win, loads. And then you saw the footage of him, you know, with Sebastian Boy, and he's got his new army of fans that love him now. He was like hated booed into the ring. Now he's cheered in and out of the ring. 50%, now all baby. of a sudden he's gone quiet again. I'm like, no, this was your time to strike. But the, the fight out there for him, he didn't want it because the money weren't right for some reason. Should have fought Conor Ben. And for what it's worth, I think he beats Conor Ben right now. Chris Eubank Jr. Especially if it's at 160, like 160. Conor Ben ain't fighting at 160 and doing anything to Chris Eubank. I don't think he is. You know, there better be Vada testing for that fight as well. But, um, yeah, it's a shame. Like, he ain't going to fight Alan Canooley. He ain't going to fight any of the champions for, for peanuts. I think he'd rather retire, John, the Shoebank Jr. Sad. But I think he's thinking, you know what, fuck yous. If you ain't paying me, then I just won't fight any of you fuckers, mate. I'm bringing the money as well. And that's, that's, that's the story of Chris Shoebank Jr., I think. 
Well, look, this this makes a segue beautifully into Hamza Shiraz v Liam Williams. Yeah. So I don't know what I've gauged out of this fight. To be fair, like I, I said in the last show, I like Hamza Shiraz. I think he's a quality fighter, and um, yeah, like the big size of him with his long reach, and you know he's got. I said, I said it in the last show. Oh, and I said, go. don't be surprised oh, if you okay, don't see Liam Williams get dropped by a jab. Better be there, right? Then I've got on the I old check that you said that or not. It fucking better be there because I did say that, and. But listen, he actually got dropped by the uppercut, but it was the jab that done the damage. And uh, I was giving it on the WhatsApp group, and I said, I told you he'd drop him. And then I realised, oh, fuck, it was the uppercut that dropped him. But um, I don't know what we learned, because Liam Williams, as tough as he is, he's there to be hit. And when all of a sudden, you can't hold a shot no more, because, yeah, he's just, he's taken too much damage. He's been in too many wars. He's done too many rounds. He's had too many, you know, too many spars. But I mean, when you're getting rattled by Chris Eubank Jr. and dropped, we got dropped four times by Eubank Jr. He got touched by a jab and then it rattled him um, against Hamza Shiraz. I don't know what I've learned about Hamza Shiraz other than what I already knew. The geezer can fight. He's got an amazing jab. He moves around the ring well. You know, he's got a good right hand. You know, he's got lovely little hooks. <clears throat> I mean, he's going to be a problem for a lot of fighters. Um, but we need to see him in like... You can't hang your hat on that fight against Liam Williams. We need to see Hamza Shiraz in a, a proper test, an acid test. That weren't no acid test. It's a good name to have on your record, yeah, and they can all dine out on that over there on TNT. But if you want to know, as he had the middle fight, he ain't had the middle fight. That ain't the middle fight. Yeah, but it's easy Don't to say that now, John. Everyone's saying that now. Liam Williams was supposed to give him rands. He's never been stopped in his career. I, I, didn't, I didn't think he would. I, yeah, fair enough. He, he looked fit, he looked strong. He just all wrong for him. And I said that as well. I said, this, you know, he'll stop him. I thought he'd go at least six rounds. I said the middle rounds, he'll stop him. But, um, yeah, no one expected that. But Frank Warren said in the post-fight that um, he's an orthodox fighter and he, he, his heaviest shot is, is the jab hand. So imagine that, being an orthodox fighter and you're left-handed. So you jab him with your left, but that's your, that's your big money shot. You can hook off the jab. Mm. I mean, that's a dangerous man right there, Hamza Shiraz. And it, the, the ceiling is massive. He can go up to 168. He can go up to fucking even 175. He's only, what, 24? Talks really well. I heard his interview on TalkSport. He's driving around, picking up punters, dropping them off. I was engrossed in what he was saying. And, um, you know, I got fucking, you know, I'll switch off easy when I'm in the cab. But I was listening to him. I was thinking, yeah, you, you, know, you, you can speak as well. Looks the part. Yeah, sky's the limit. He's got a good one there, Frank Warren. I'm telling you, that can be a multi-weight world champion. Razor sharp, aggressive, uh, really, really good. Really, really impressive. I mean, the thing is, when you look at um, Denzel Bentley and how well he did against Yannabek, no one thought he would do that, right? You know, he lost the fight, but he put up a really good performance against Yannabek because before that, everyone was higher, including me, Yannabek, thinking, fuck, I thought he was going to play with Bentley, but uh, Bentley won some rounds off him. It was a good fight. So, as you say, there, there's your world title holder, the best guy in that division. I mean, Charlo's, he, like, he's going up and he's, uh, whatever he's going to do with Canelo or whatnot, he's got the other belt, hasn't he? He should but, be um, stripped. What do they do with Ham? Just, oh, no, he shouldn't even have a fucking belt. I don't even class him as a, a, a world champion. But um, what do you do with Hamza Shiraz? So, these are the fights out there. Because you like, at the end of the day, you're going to make as much money as you can. But at the same time, he needs to be tested. That ain't, that, to me, that won a test there against Liam Williams. It really won't. I know that's a bit of an after-timer, but I never thought it. If you go back and listen to the other pod, I had him winning the fight um, 
Yeah, pretty easily. I'm pretty sure I said that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, who does he fight? So I fucking don't know with you. While we're here, I told you, no, you're while we're your here, marble, son. you can apologize. You're going to apologize now, because nah, I'm, I'm convinced comment. I heard that and all. I'm, I'm going to find it. You ain't gone. I played one of one of the pods. It's on somewhere. You are so stubborn. It's there somewhere. You are so stubborn. Trust me. When we done a pod, I have a long ago was when Katie Taylor fought Chantel Cameron. I picked Katie Taylor, right? And then after when she lost after or two, you went. You're Sam. You no. You're saying you picked Chantel Cameron to win in the first. No, when Katie Taylor when when Katie Taylor won, I I picked her twice. Massive Katie Taylor. I picked her twice. But you said I picked Chantel Cameron, which I didn't. And you made me question. I think what are you going on about about I picked uh, Chantel Cameron? But when I played it back after, I thought you, were you didn't really pick Katie, Katie Taylor. You was a bit on the fence with it. You weren't really assertive oh, in your choice. Right. See, and now you John's saying brought, this now. Now John's point. brought all this up. Or well, the other day, right? We'll just get it out there now. Your, last week's pod, I called Muddy. John, we was talking about Fury and Usyk, and John was going, "Well, oh, oh, fucking Fury's going to win." I went, "You said Usyk last time." Went, no, I fucking didn't. I said, yeah, you did. You said Usyk. No, I didn't. So we had a little back and forward on WhatsApp this week. And, and he's gone, I've gone back and listened to the big debate. I picked Fury. I went, well, about, we talk, we've spoken about it like five times. So I, I went back. I found the footage, not the footage, the recording where John went, well, actually now, yeah, so seeing Fury like that, right, you got to go with Usyk. you just got to go with Usyk. So I sent it. Case closed. You flip-flopper. You're done. Conversation over. All right, let me just say this, okay? <laughs> let me just say this, right? First of all, the case, the case with Katie Taylor, that's an open shut case. That's I haven't done, done my so research. No yet. way I picked Chantel Cameron. To work. No, you go and do your stupid little research. That's no way I picked I picked Katie Taylor. So you try mugging me off there, saying I didn't. Like double question me when I'm in my flow. Anyway, you never apologise for that. I so will. Apologize look, next look, week give me a week on it. Uh, no, uh, no, 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 no. You just said about your Tyson Fury. With Tyson Fury, right, when we done the show, the big debate, whatever, I think that's one of the first podcasts we did, right? I've I done, I done my research and I just thought to myself, I think Tyson Fury wins the fight. I think it's going to be a tight fight. I go, gave this big spill, Tyson Fury wins the fight. So in my mind, I'm Tyson Fury. I think he's going to win the fight against Usyk. However, when Tyson Fury fought Nganu and he looked that shit and he got dropped by Nganu, the, the pod that we done after that, which I totally forgot, I've said, oh yeah, I said, looking at that performance, you've got to favour Nganu to win the fight. Usyk. Nganu win the fight. I've, uh, no, sorry, uh, Usyk will win the fight. I just forgot that I said that. But in my mind, I was Fury. I thought Fury would well, win there you it. There go. It was a semi-close. It was a semi-flip-flop. But now, closed. but now Fury's, now Fury is in that type of condition that he's in. Fury. Right? I, I think, I think Fury wins the fight. Like I said, always said. Got always you said. Fury. But when he turned up Usyk, like a fucking donut. Back to against... Fury. You'll be back to Usyk again before the fucking fight happens. I guarantee it, mate. Flip, flop, flip. Yeah, flip, flop, um, flip. What are we going on We're going on about, on about Ham, Hamza Shiraz, who he should fight next. Look, I, I agree with you, John. Like, he needs to get himself on these Saudi cars because he's, he's too good not to make his money. And I think now's the time for him to strike. I don't know. Eddie Hearn said they're going to pick the weight classes. Like, we're going to find out about the weight classes in the press conference for Joshua and Garnu. They're going to let us know um, which two they've picked, which two queens we picked, and which two Turkey, Ali El Sheikh, the saviour of boxing, the governor of all governors, has picked. And I've got, I've got a feeling it's going to be middleweight. I'm, I'm worrying, though, for Hamza Shiraz that they're going to put him in there with Ammo Williams. I hope it's not Ammo Williams. I think both of them are going to be on their path. 
would hate to see one of them lose at this point, even though I fucking love the fight. But I think it's going to be Hamza Shiraz versus Felix Cash, as I predicted in my 5v5, by the way. Let's, let's note that one, Dan. As well as the Anthony Yard, Craig Richards, which is being touted and I've got a lot of shit for. So all you lot that give me shit, there you go. We're going to move on to the Craig Richards. You can have your moment in a minute on that. But <laughs> as for who does he fight, do you know what I was thinking that could happen here, right? You know Eddie Hearn come out with that statement saying, is there a time limit on when we can get a fight assigned? I was thinking, is it a clever move? Is there any chance Liam Smith is in the background training, then Eddie Hearn signs him, but he don't just sign him for one fight. He says, look, I'm going to sign you and I'm going to get you a fight against when they call up Hamza Shiraz, you can get that fight. But win or lose that fight, I've got you for maybe a free fight deal because... Liam Smith is, is of a lot of use to Eddie Hearn with his stable. Win or lose that fight, I mean, even if he loses that fight, if it's a good fight, that's a fight that Conor Ben could possibly take. He mm -hmm. mentioned him the other day saying three fighters. So if he's in a good fight, he can say, look, you've got the Conor Ben fight there as well. So he might be able, and I mean, yeah, uh, Frank Warren might be able to do the same with Liam Smith. I'm thinking he was with Frank Warren once as well. So don't be surprised if you don't see Liam Smith in there. But he needs a, I mean, the Felix Cash, I mean, that would be a decent win. The Eubank Jr., Hamza Shiraz, I mean, Eubank Jr., I don't think he's yeah, going to go. I mean, I don't even want to talk about the kid. Who knows what he wants to do? But when you start thinking like Derevyanchenko, right, middleweight, like, do you like that fight for Hamza Shiraz? Yeah. All those fucking angles? I think Dan, do you I like think that that's fight? Dan, that's, that's not a great fight for Hamza Shiraz, that fight. All those angles, man, I'm telling you now. I don't know, man. That's what worries me, that fight. I don't think there's many middleweights that fucking beat Hamza Shiraz, really. That case is a nightmare for anybody, mate. And what he said as well in the Talk Sport interview, he said, we, we planned for it to go mid to late rounds and we was going to work on our inside game because we you know, we think we're pretty good at fighting on the inside. It just didn't even get that far. If he fights Liam Smith, it's going to be a bit of an inside inside shootout, isn't it? I think if he fights Liam Smith, gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, as, look, as for the rest of the card, Sam Noakes, Louis Sylvester, mate, Sylvester just felt that power and then he was just on his toes, wasn't he? Man. I mean... This kid. Listen, to, look, Sam Noakes, 13 wins, right? No losses, 13 knockouts. What does that tell you? That just tells you you're not, he, 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 you've got to move yeah. him up, mate. You've got to match, he's, he's got to fight better opposition but now. He's undefeated. You know I mean? he's Sylvester, undefeated, only four knockouts. But I mean, at that level, you're yeah. right. That was the last at that level. It's got to be now international fights, you know, top 15 fighters. You'll probably get a WBC ranking now. But he hits so hard. You can almost feel it when you're watching it. So what do you do with Noakes now? Like, I think the European title for the lightweight is with that Berencheck. I mean, is he is he ready for him? Is that too much of a step up? Or, I don't know, like, is there like a UK fight? Sound like a Lewis Ritson or something like that? Like, he's super exciting. They've just got to match him correctly now because I think he's just blowing these guys away. Yeah, mate. Definitely move up now from, from this level. Uh, again, like, with someone like Sam Noakes, though, with, that, with how hard he hits, he's going to have to force his way into mandatory positions because... The who he, who needs him club? Um, yeah, he's fucking, he's a VIP member of that, isn't he? I mean, you got Maxi Hughes. Maxi Hughes is ranked across all the governing bodies. Um, does Maxi Hughes like fucking risk his risk his position at the moment to go fight Sam Noakes? No one's going to want to fight Sam Noakes. There was a fighter I said Maxie last week. Maxi Hughes can box, mate. Maxi Hughes is a good fighter. I mean, he beat Cambosis in like in my even Cambosis. If you can fighter. get Cambosis over, oh, um. Man. Abdullayev is floating about yeah. still. There's the Argentinian fighter, ranked 15th for the WBC. There you go. I'll give him that. Claudio Denef. No one's heard of him. Cost you fuck all to get him over here. 
ranked to the WBC. Give him, give him Claudio Deneff. Don't even know who the fucker is, but yeah. There you go. That's how we make fights on the proper podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, just giving me that Argentinian gazer. That'll do. Right. Like, like last fight on that card before we get over to uh, the matchroom card, and that was Masood Abdullah oh. Ashfaq. And uh, what a fucking fight Quality that was. Scrap. I love that Masood. Quality fighter, put the pressure on, comes to fight, took one to give one. He's got some skills as well. Like, technically, the guy can fight, mate. And, uh, yeah, and I, I thought after sitting on the apron, he was really confident. I think he speaks really well, calling out Nathaniel Collins. Um, and, mate, take my money right now. That Masood Abdullah v. Nathaniel Collins, that is a fight. Because that Collins, he just wiped out that uh, Hamza, knocked him out in the round, didn't he? He's quite an exciting fight. I like the way he bowls around as well. But them two get in the ring, take my money right now. Yeah, Keys Afshak. Little bit sorry for him in the end. I thought he caught him with a really nice shot and he's gambled. And I think it was a bit too early to gamble. Man of his pedigree, amateur career, Olympian. He could have just, he could have peppered him a little bit more uh, instead of just going there and, and getting into a shootout with someone like Abdullah. I thought it was a thrilling fight. Thrilling, thrilling fight. But yeah, his powers of recovery, Abdullah, because that was a that was a flush shot he caught him on the chin with. Yeah, I like the way he just um just bit on his gum shield and thought, let's let's go. Sat down and just fucking mm. went in that phone box and started swinging. And he kept like nodding over to his corner, going, yeah, I'm sweet, I'm sweet. Went back to the corner and he just looked fine. And that's, if you're Keeves Ash- Afshak, you're going into the corner going, oh, fuck, I'm fucked now. Do you know what I mean? I've just caught him with an absolute peach. And all he's done is piss him off. Um, and then, you know mm. what? I've got to give him credit, Afshak. He went on as long as he could even though the writing was on the wall probably a round before they could have pulled him out. And uh, yeah, Abdullah, mate, got to watch out for him. Anyone who, fo- anyone yeah, who fights like that, with that type of fun, you know, fan-friendly fight style that mm. loves a tear-up, could hold a shot as well the way he did. Yeah, mate, you got to fucking keep an eye on him. Really good fighter. Yeah, and sometimes these fighters, like the way they speak and the way they talk, like... There's a saying in it, like you fight like your personality. And I feel like, yeah, he talks well, he fights well. But listen, this segues nicely on as well. Uh, Liam Dillon, right, he beat that Ashfak as well. So that could be a possible fight down the line. Do you know what Not I mean? Anymore. So Matchroom, Queen, Queensbury, they've both got a common opponent. You know Nobody's what I mean? Lost. So I don't know. I know, but I'm just trying to, I'm just thinking of fights. No, just he's like, on the way know. up, Abdullah. You've got to give him, give him Bilotti. Fuck it. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. That's too soon, nah. is it? No, it's not too soon. That's a brilliant fight. And I love the way that, Re- the way that Reece Bellotti's turned his career around. You see that? Even three, out, three losses out of four fights. This was like five fights ago. You think his career's finished. He's probably fighting for peanuts. Mm. How he's getting the urge to keep going out and doing his runs when the, you know everyone in the boxing world is telling him to retire. I go, you know what? This is it. You can't continue on. Honestly, the way he's resurrected his career is... Yeah, it's really, really fucking commendable. And that was a tough fight, brawling fight. But Dylan was what he was, quite basic. You know what I mean? He's not a, he's a domestic level fighter. And I, I believe Reese Bellotti is definitely a level above that with the way he was picking his shots, catching him with that uppercut on the way in. Got a miss with it in the end. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a really good fight. Reese Bellotti versus Masood Abdullah. Why not? Stick it on the 5v5. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bellotti, he was cl- he just in the pocket, man. He just clean, nice little combos. You're just catching him. But yeah, that Dylan, man, just 
little warrior, mate, kept coming forward and that, never stopped trying, like landed a few, like taking one to give one, but uh, ultimately, one dimension, he didn't have anything else, didn't have any other variation, did he? Like any angles, variety of punches and that. He sort of like, he knew one way to fight this fight and I thought he just thought it's going to be a war of attrition, I'm going to bring him down the stretch. He's only young, do you know what I mean? Whereas Belotti's like 33 years of age, but really, really good fight. And um, yeah, I mean, I think Belotti, I think he's lost three or four attempts at winning a British title. Oh, and then I imagine how that feels. Said, my son's only ever, he said, my son's only ever known me as a loser. He goes, so I wanted to have one more shot at trying to win the British title. And now, yeah, now I can say to him, your dad ain't a loser, he's a winner. Like mental, man. Big up Reese Bellotti. Yeah. I hope he goes on and, and yeah. you know, continues on. And who knows, mate? Who knows where this sport can take you, you know? So, you know, I don't think it's going to cost a lot for someone to give him a voluntary for a world title. It won't cost a lot. I think all he will want to do is challenge for one now at this point because his career was done. Reese Bellotti. And now, you know, from nowhere, British champions, you know, and fucking, oh, don't, man. That's made me emotional what you just said there. Better move on before I start yeah. blubbering on this fucking... On start crying your little eyes out, man. Fucking hell, man. Just, um, but what, what I was going to say was this. Like, we forgot to mention... So, forgot to mention Anthony Yard against Nikolic, right? But don't matter. We didn't do that on that on, on the uh, TNT card because we've just moved over to the zone card. Unc, we need you here, bruv. Um, You're in charge, right, we just mate. Moved over fucking to the, shambles. He was right. Yeah. We just oh what one one <laughs> you moved over mate you slipped over so uh, what I'll just quickly say so now we're gonna go from the uh, the zone card um, Craig Richards right but it ties in nicely to the Anthony Yard right because this is the conversation now right so Craig Richards right against Boris Crichton right so stops him seventh round. Um, it was a tough fight. Like you could see, there was ring rust with Craig Richards. He was getting caught. He's trying to figure this guy. But the guys had come to fight. He was like, he was flipping, throwing down, man. He was walking towards Craig Richards. But you could see there was ring rust. But I felt Craig Richards found a way to win that fight. He really did. And, um, yeah, that Crichton, he's, he went the distance with, uh, uh, what's his name? Callum Simpson uh, uh, over at Boxer. And he's like, I think it was like a super middleweight. So he went the distance with him. He went the distance with Lyndon after. But, Anyway, Craig Richards showed his levels as in like, look, even though I've been out of the ring for so long, I'm going to find a way and I'm going to stop this guy because I want to make a statement. So he did that. So the thing is this, Anthony Yard is over there at TNT fighting Nikolic. What is up with Anthony Yard? Like, I love Anthony Yard, but it's like, if he ain't fighting a killer like Betabiev or Kovalev, he's fighting someone who's just, he's not in there to win. He's just in there to survive and pick up a paycheck. And Anthony Yard, 12 amateur fights. So it's like, but yet he goes in there against the top opposition. You're like, this geezer can hang with Betabiev. Betabiev said this is his hardest fight. This guy can hang with Kovalev. Nearly, nearly had Kovalev out of there. Both of them, you know, as Tundi keeps running around San, have got, sort of got popped for, you know, doing drugs after. I mean, Kovalev definitely did. And there was an atypical finding from uh, uh, Betabiev. So it's almost like Tunde was saying, I was listening to him the other day, saying, those, those don't even count as losses on Yard's record. So he's trying to spin that narrative. But what does Anthony Yard do? Because after the fight against Nikolic, Boatsy surfaced, sat on the apron, and basically boxed up Boatsy. They want the fight against Yard. This is the fight. They want to make this fight. Uh, but TNT, what do they do? Do they make the fight Anthony Yard against Boatsy? Or... Eddie Hearn is just popped up saying, I'm going to put Craig Richards forward in the Saudi card. It's not going to be Callum Smith. I think Callum Smith's getting married. So this is the dichotomy here, right? 
what does Anthony Yard do? Because the salt and pepper is with Anthony Yard, right? Does he go the Boazzi route and fight potentially on Sky Sports or TNT? But I think that fight needs to be pay-per-view. And I don't know whether Boxer or TNT think that that's a pay-per-view fight. So does he go that way or does he go to Craig Richards' fight? And I think they're mates. And I think I've heard them say before, they're only ever going to fight if there's a lot of money on the table. Well, if they fight in Saudi, it is a lot of money on the table. Does he go the Saudi route and fight Craig Richards? There's the options. What do you think? It's quite simple. It's what I, it's what I said when we did our 5v5. Anthony the yard versus Craig Richards. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bit smug about that ever since Eddie Earn done that little piece on his channel. Um, look, I like the fight. I love Yard v Richards. Craig Richards <laughs> is a world-class light heavyweight. World-class, right? I know he's been inactive, and I'm glad he's had this little run-out now. And it was a good little run-out because, you know, Boris Crichton made him think about a lot of things in there. And he had to really figure it out and get him out of there in the end. But it weren't no fucking blowout pushover, was it? So... Good bit of matchmaking there. Um, and good luck to them both. Go go earn your dough, man. Go earn your dough. It's a good fight for Anthony Yard. As you say, he's either fighting bin men or some of the elite on the planet. And Nikolic, bless his cottons. You know what I mean? He come, he did put up a little bit of a fight. He could have spewed it earlier, but didn't. But Anthony Yard, though, when you see him, the, the, the movement, the slickness, the shot variation, the power. And I know it's not, you can't gauge it when you're seeing him fighting people like that, but... You seen him, yeah, you seen him doing that against Paterbiev. You see him doing that against Kovalev. So now and give losing. him a, a, a Craig Richards, the, give him a full camp. I think he's an absolute barnstormer of a fight, like the Boatsy one was. And sorry to say it, I don't think I think Boatsy misses out. He's gonna have to wait about. He's gonna be mandatory for Bivol anyway, so gonna have to just wait about, mate. That's it. That's how that's gonna go. But you know what? It, like, I see Boxer putting tweets out. I think Ben Shalom put tweets out. But Watsi's there. Like, a fair play to Watsi. You know, he's gone to the fight, got on the apron after as well. So they're doing, they obviously really want the fight. So I don't know where they go. They ain't got the option of going to Saudi. And then obviously, Eddie Hearn has <laughs> popped up saying he's going to put Craig Richards out. It's like you put Conor Ben on the same night as Watsi <laughs> beat Aziz. Now they're trying to get the yard fight. You're like, well, we're going to put Craig Richards out. It's like you almost. It's pretty obvious what's mm. going on there. But, I mean, I listened to Addy uh, the other day or, or this morning, and he said something, you know, I thought was quite uh, true, was, is it a pay-per-view fight? Anthony Yard v. Boatsy. Is that pay-per-view? Does that sell out the O2? No, it's not Those two. It's a big fight. It's a, obviously, it's a headline fight. Because if it ain't pay-per-view, pay like, where's, where's the numbers? How are they going to get the money for that fight? That's what it's got. It's, you know, it's, it's, the fight's not going to happen then. It's that simple. You know, they're going to go over to unless Saudi. It's a stacked undercard. Yeah, gonna, yeah, unless it's a stacked undercard. And then you might be able to charge a score for it. You get about 24 but then the fighters, Not for that. Um, I know it's only an extra fiver. I mean, I'd, 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 I would happily pay that money I know, for that fight. I know, I but a lot of people wouldn't. For it. So I don't think um, I don't think that's feasible. I don't think it's... No, it's not a pay-per-view at the moment. It's just not. Their careers have been too stop-start. You know, they've not had massive signature wins, either of them, really. But I'll tell you this, Anthony Yard's the best light heavyweight. I fought it for a while. He's the best light heavyweight in this country, for sure, I think. I think he beats them all. Callum Smith, Boatsy. I think he beats Craig Richards. I think that if he if he goes out to Saudi and he beats and stops Craig Richards, I agree. But I'm a little bit like this with Anthony Yard. 
I think from the eye test, what I'm seeing, I tend to agree. I think this guy, I think he's the number one, right? But it's very, very hard to gauge when all you're doing is fighting bin men. And then when you have stepped up, 100%, you hang, you hung there with Kovalev and Betsbiev. But let's get it right. You lost both fights. So I don't know what your gas tank is going to be like coming into those championship rounds against Craig Richards. And he's, he's, got, yeah, he's got his gas tank. That's, that's, that's been proven, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, that's a fact. So I'd like to know what it's going to be like in the later rounds against Boazzi and against uh, Craig Richards. So there's a little bit of an asterisk there for me and Anthony Yard. Let's find but, that, bro. Yeah, take my Let's money. Let's find that. Yeah, but I will say this. Let me just throw this at you, right? Because you did this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. So let me let me do this. Because I was thinking, are they really going to make Boazzi v. Um, Anthony Yard? Then it just got me thinking, right? Why don't... Queensbury and Boxer do a 5v5. Oh, have you done like, them? Have you done them? Oh, yeah, I've God, done them, bro. I've done them, right? I've done them, I'm thinking, why don't they do a 5v5? Because they've got plenty of fighters. And if we all, if all the promoters keep doing this, like your stable against my stable, they can promote the hell out of it. The promoters get together on the top table. Like, we need to promote this sport. Like, not enough people are watching it. So I'll start off with this, right? In the heavyweight scene, heavyweight. right? You've got Joe Joyce, David Adelaide, you've got uh, uh, Ito uh, Moses Atoma. Then over there for Boxer, you've got Clark, Bacoli, Jack Massey. Any one of them there, you can make those heavyweight fights. You know, Joe Joyce, he could fight Bacoli, Adelaide against Jack Massey. Clark loses, Adelaide just lost. It's a good fight. People would mm. watch those, right? So which, what's your pick then? Hold on, what's your pick? Heavyweights. If I was to pick, pick a heavyweight matchup, sign me up. Joyce V. Bacoli, sign me up, man. <laughs> I want your pick, son. Don't I'm give me variables. In. Oh, right, all right. Okay, I'll give you a couple of it. Right. So, Tommy Fletcher V. Vidal Riley. Oh, like that. Yeah, Tommy Fletcher, mate. He's, he's, he's got a big future. I don't know how he fucking makes that weight. Size of the geezer. I love I loved Dan Aziz, right? And that guy lost, but there's no shame in losing, right? Guy comes to fight. He's gone up the hard way. I love the whole story. Willie Hutchinson. Right, there was big things tattered around for him. He lost in v Danazis. That's a fight that could be made. Echo Esserman v Congo or Marku. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, last one I got Zach Chelly v Zach Parker. Battle of the oh, Zacks. Fair enough. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> anyway, we they could do it, man. They could Not do bad. it. All right, so that is a wrap. But before we go, okay, we got this message the other day. Uh, I won't mention the name for obvious reasons, but um, it just warmed our cockles, right? So I'll just read it out. So I've been struggling with mental health a lot recently, but you boys in your podcast have finally gotten me on the road to being better. Love your banter. Best pod out there. Bosh. Top man. You know what? Like, mate, honestly, just warmed all our cockles. So happy that you love this podcast and it got you through bad times. And do you know what? Anyone out there that's going through like any problems and that, it could always be worse, you know what I mean? And just, uh, yeah, mate, if you need, people can message us, reach out, we'll give you a message always. back. And, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Don't have to, to, to suffer alone in that. Like, just hopefully we're creating a nice community here. We're all in it together. And as I said earlier, we're going to try and do a little 10-minute segment now. So we just read out any questions, any posts that people want to send us. And then, as you say, it could be random. You can ask us questions about ourselves, like about boxing, anything, Any, anything goes basically. And we'll just do a little 10 minute segment, uh, probably do it at the end of the show. And uh, yeah, and then put your names down at the bottom of any post. We'll shout you out as well. And uh, yeah, anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. 
We are off. Any last things to no, say, mate, son? It's been a pleasure. Mr. Mr. Uncle. We've been like two little naughty nephews, haven't we? Missed we missed him, Uncle. I know you've missed him because you've had the, the job of the oh, anchor. He's <laughs> a hard job being yeah, the anchor. He makes boy. it look all so easy, doesn't he? But I hope he's well and uh, we'll have him back next week, no, no doubt. All right, I'll sign off with the obligatory abash. <laughs>